Hey, hey, and welcome to Queer Street episode three. Disclaimer. Now, usually, y'all, I record in the hallway in the back of my house because it's quieter and um, it's away from like the, the road, the front of the house where there's a lot of road noise. But y'all know, if you've been watching the news, we've been having some crazy fucking weather here. And so I am in the front of the house, in the living room, because that is where the heater is. And so I'm all bundled up on the couch with the dogs and the cat comes and goes. So it might be a little loud, there might be some road noise. So sorry in advance, but you know, she got to stay warm. You know, so also I would have recorded this last night, but I was without power. So I am recording it this morning. I'm going to wham, bam, get this baby turned around and edited and back out today. So I stay on topic because maybe you're woken up. You're woken up. Maybe you woke up. Maybe you woke up thinking it's Thursday. Where's my Queer Street episode? <sighs> Sorry, but it's here. So today we're going to be talking about book number three in the original series, The Overnight. Y'all. I love, love, love a good horror movie that deals with camping or the outdoors. I don't know. It's 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 scary because camping is freaking scary. I mean, it's scary. Oh, that what a big truck went by. Camping is totally scary. So, you know, so of course it's going to be scary. And like I mentioned in the last one, you know, Shadyside has everything. You know, they've got the the fear woods and behind is the lake. And then in the middle of that lake is fear Island. And that's where this story takes place. So first of all, here's the blurb from the back. It says nightmare Island. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen. Della O'Connor assures her friends at the outdoor club. So what if their advisor can't go on the overnight to fear Island? Won't it be more fun with no adults around, but it's no fun at all when Della gets lost in the woods and the dangerous stranger appears, whispering threats, driving her to a violent act. Suddenly, all of our friends are involved, prisoners in a conspiracy of silence, trying to conceal the terrible truth. But someone saw what Della did, and he's threatening them all, forcing them back to Fear Island to find the evidence they forgot to bury. Now, that is a really, really good synopsis of this story. I mean, that's well written. I don't know... Whoever did their work on that back jacket, that, that they earned their paycheck. And then the little blurb on the front says, they shared her terrible secret, but could they get away with murder? Oh, love it. And then again, this is a, this is probably one of my favorite covers because it shows the six characters all like super, super close to this fire. Like you would never sit this close to the fire. Like even, you know, if it were like the last two days here with Sub-Zero freezing, snowing, you would never, I mean, they would all literally go up in flames, but it, it works for the cover. And so it's like all dark woods around them, like the, you know, typical bluish, darkish scariness. But of course they're all like bathed in like this orange glow and they're all looking around like scared. I love this cover. So let's dive in. So this book, The Overnight, book three, came out October 1st, 1989. So we are still at the tail end of the decade. You know, we're fixing to enter into the new decade, but you know, right now, we're still 1989. It comes in 148 pages, so a little bit short. But right away, we're introduced to the main character, Della O'Connell, O'Connor, sorry, just like the back of the book says. Now, she is described as having uh, dark hair. She's got pale skin and green eyes and a model figure. Now, she is not described as having as looking like Cher or looking like Daryl Hannah, but somebody else does get compared to somebody. So yeah, I'll get to that in a second though. So she has recently broken up in the past couple of weeks, her boyfriend, Gary, who is also in the outdoor club. And she feels a little bit like a bitch. 
Um, <laughs> she is, I guess. The way it went, she wants to apologize to him, you know. She doesn't want to get back to him, but she wants them to be friends. You know, she feels bad. So there, um, she's going to apologize to him. There, He's a member of the outdoor club, like I said, and there's six of these kids, and they are getting ready to go on this overnight in, on Fear Island, you know, they're going to go study plants and shit and all that, you know, they're part of the outdoor club, which is a really weird club, but you know what? Gymnastics is like the number one thing in Shadyside for the sports team. So of course the outdoor club is going to be something to do there. So she goes there, but as she walks into the meeting after school or last period or whatever, I don't know, um, she sees um, Gary talking to Suki Thomas. Now, I love me some Suki. She is one of this person, one of this persons, one of these people, sorry, the cold has got to my brain. She is one of these people that we will see pop up every now and then mentioned as like some background character at a party or something, but she plays a pretty big role in this one. She is like the punk girl. Like everybody in this, you know, all the other girls in this series are like pretty model or they're the dorky friend or the bitchy sister or something. But Suki is the punk one. That's often, that's like how she's always described. She's got spiky platinum hair and she wears like, you know, like netted stuff and torn things and tight. So she's, you know, and like colored lipstick and eyeshadow. I don't mean, she's got multiple piercings in her ears. Oh, <laughs> I love her. Anyway, so she's all like this, like sex kitten. She doesn't, she, she just has zero fucks to give about anything. I love Suki. And then you've also got Maya, Della's friend, who, here's where we get the thing, is described as looking a little bit like Orphan Annie. <laughs> I would much rather look like Cher or Daryl Hannah than Orphan Annie, but she's got curly red hair and she's kind of little and innocent looking. So, and she also is very, very, um, like over, over, uh, what do you call it? Powered by her parents. They baby her and everything. So she's always afraid of her parents being mad at her. Any Hoosiers. We also have Pete. Any Hoosiers, Robbie says that. Um, we also have Pete, who is described as like this preppy guy that Della kind of thinks is cute, but Pete's also in the outdoor club. And to round out the six, we have Ricky Shore. He is also this other character that we will see pop up every now and then because he's like the, he's described as being short and chubby. I feel you, Ricky. And he's also like the class clown. He's always doing these, these stupid pranks and stupid jokes. And so, and that pretty much is how he's always appears in the background of some of these books is doing or saying something stupid. Anywho. So the Mr. Abner, the uh, teacher who's in charge of the outdoor club tells him that he has to cancel the trip because he has to go out of town on a family emergency. And then, you know, the meeting or the club is over. But the kids decide, you know what? They're going to go anyway. They've already got their parents agreed. They're already packed. And, you know, it's going to be totally fun with no parents. So they're definitely still going to go to this thing. I mean, why would they? And Maya's all nervous because, you know, she's worried her parents are going to find out. They're going to be mad at her, yada, yada, yada. But they convince her too. So then we move on to Fear Island. They get in the canoes. At, they drive to Fear Woods. They get in the canoe, sail across the lake to this island. Now, a lot of shit goes down on this island, y'all. I don't know how big this lake is or how big this damn island is, but it must be pretty fucking big because, like, a lot of shit goes down. But anyway, they arrive. They start um, a fire. You know, all's looking well. And then Della goes to find Gary to apologize to him, and she finds him and Suki making out. Bum, bum, bum. She's not really jealous, but she's all like, uh you know, but whatever, you know, he's going to get over you, girl. Anyway, she gets on my nerves because Della's, she's stupid. I mean, she really gets on my nerves. But anywho, the next the next chapter, we find out that Ricky pulls out this gun. It's supposed to be a shock, but it's really just this thing called a zap gun, which is basically a paint gun. I guess, you know, they couldn't, I don't know if they, I don't know. I was never in a paintball, but I guess 
don't know if that's a brand or if that was just a way to say it in the book. But he convinces them they're going to play paintball. That's what they're going to do. So they all go play this paintball in the woods. You know, it's going to have fun. What are they doing? You know, it's, it's what are you going to do? You're supposed to be out there having fun. There, nobody brought alcohol. This is like the only, I mean, in all the other Fear Street books, people are underage drinking. No, not a damn person brought any alcohol to this island with no adults. But whatever. Instead, they're going to go play paintball. Whatever. You do you. So Della gets separated and then a stranger creeps up on her. Now, the first thing she knows about the stranger, and this is where Della, damn girl, this is all her fault. This whole thing could have been avoided. But the first thing she knows is that he's, quote, movie star handsome and seems mysterious. Mm-hmm. That's what she notices. Forget the fact that you're in this creepy ass woods, that you're not with your friends, that you come upon this stranger. What the hell's he doing there? You don't know? No. So she starts flirting with him. He's apparently back from college doing some report. I kid you fucking not. I shit you not doing a report on tree reproduction, which I don't even know if that's really a thing. Like, isn't that just called like, like when plants do shit? Like, I mean, I don't know. Anywho, that's what he's doing there. He's all creepy and talking about her beautiful gold earrings, but she's all flirting with him and bringing, you know, she is anywho. But then all of a sudden he grabs her and she's all like, no, you know, I need to get back to my friends. He starts talking about some old man that wouldn't listen. And then so she's now finally, now she's creeped out. And she decides, you know what? Hmm, better not. So she starts to run from him. He chases her and then they struggle and he falls down a ravine and he's dead. So she feels, you know, oh my God, I killed this man. Well, you know what, bitch? Mistake number two. Instead of going back to her friends, she decides to go down into the ravine to make sure he's still, to make sure he's dead. Damn it, Della. You about to drag your friends into all this because your ass is dumb. So she goes down there. She feels for his pulse, can't find it, he's dead. So she starts to bury him with leaves when who should come and find him but Ricky and Maya. They see her and she's all like, she confesses what happened. She tells them that, you know, he was chasing her, he attacked her. And, you know, what are they going to do? Well, Maya freaks out because nobody's supposed to know that they're there. You know, her parents are going to get mad, you know. So instead of agreeing to tell the cops or whatever, they just agreed to leave this dead body on the island and just to move on with their lives as if, you know, whatever, you know. So we accidentally killed a guy. You know what? We're going to go have fun. We're just going about, about our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So they go to campfire and dinner, but everybody's a little freaked out. You know, they still feel weird. I guess they have some bit of conscience. And um, there goes the cat. Good Lord. I don't know what she found, but she's playing with it. So then um, they're going to bed. They decide to go to bed early. You know, they don't have the, the energy or the, the mind frame for anything because they're all freaked out because Stella killed some guy. And now they're all wrapped up in this mysteriousness. Thanks, Stella, bitch. And so she hears something at night. And she peeks out of the tent and she noticed that their backpacks are all strewn around. But she thought, oh, probably just an animal, you know, as you do. So then they wake up, they have breakfast, but then the canoes are missing. Bum, bum, bum. Turns out that bastard Ricky just hid them, but he hid it the other day before everything happened. So he's all like, oh, sorry. And so they're all womp, womp, Ricky, you know, because he's an, he's an ass. You know, like I told you, he's that guy that's doing like, all the, they're, they're really not funny. I mean, they're funny for us because we're not in it. But you know, the people there, nobody probably thought it was funny. <laughs> but he's a bit of a dork. But anywho, so they get back. They decide to leave early. They go, they get back and they're going to, you know, they're just going to go on with their lives. They're just going to go on living their happy lives in high school and forget the fact that Della has accidentally murdered a man and has embroiled them all in this conspiracy to keep the secret. 
Well, Maya calls Della. She's freaking out because she's all panicky. She thinks her parents know. So Della goes over there, but when she goes to get her wallet, she can't um, find her wallet in her backpack from the uh, camping trip. She's all like, hmm, that's sus, but oh, well, I'm just gonna go. So now bitch is driving without a license. Whatever, you know, come on, Della, use your brain. But anywho, they she goes to Maya's and Maya looks horrible and she's all nervous and everything. And she tries her best to calm her down. It's all like, calm down, it's okay. Nobody's gonna find out, just keep the secret. Your parents won't find out. And Maya eventually relents and just is like, okay, you're right, yada, yada, yada. So then Della goes back home. Well, when she gets back home, she finds an envelope on her front porch. And in this envelope is this little skull um, necklace that the, that the guy was wearing, the guy that she killed, and a note that says, I saw what you did. Well, bitch, this is where it's going to come back. This is called karma. So she goes, she freaks out. She tells everybody the next day at school. They're worried about who it is and why. She invites them over to their house. They're all talking, what are they going to do? What's the plan now? And they hear this knocking on the door. But when they go to open it, nobody's there. And then it happens again. And so now they're really flipping out because now we got Della putting two and two together about her lost wallet and the the person whoever's stalking them having her address. So now she's freaking the hell out. And so they um, they decide to do this this grand plan. <laughs> this is such a stupid plan. But they're like we're, they're gonna they're gonna instead of trying to like capture who it is, they're gonna take a picture. So the next time it happens, they're gonna they got this camera which is a Polaroid. Ugh. Oh God, I miss Polaroid, y'all. I got Stella a Polaroid for um, like this new um, Fuji Instant Max mini thing for Christmas. And it's basically a, it takes these little mini Polaroids. Oh, it was so fun. Side note, well, side, side note, because that was a side note, but damn, that film is expensive. But it's really cute and I kind of want one for myself now, so I'll probably get one. But anyhow, so they their plan is to take a picture. So it happens again. They open the door and flash the picture and they see a man. But it's, of course they can't see because it it's all flash. And of course the, the picture shows nothing but, you know, like a blur. So they are freaking out. They don't know what happens. And then the next day they see a newspaper article where there are these two men that are wanted for the murder of this gardener, this old man. And they show the picture. And oh, wouldn't you know it, Della recognizes one of those men as the man that she killed. So she's calming down. She's like, okay, well, he was a bad guy, which I guess makes it better that we killed him and left his body, you know, un, you know, partially buried on this island. But so everything seems to calm down. So it's next weekend. They're going out to the mill, which is this local little um, club for the teenagers where they all go dancing. And I, I guess they don't drink. I don't know what they drink. Maybe like virgin drinks or Coke or whatever. But anywho, it's a dance club. They go to it several times in all these books. But um, so Pete and Della are starting to get a little, you know, they're starting to like each other. They're out together and they're on the way home. But a car begins to follow them and chase them. So they're in Pete's dad's station wagon and he's all nervous about wrecking it and doesn't want to do that. But um, they cannot have this person chasing them and running them off the road. So they eventually end up, they end up, you know, running away from them. But then the other car loses control and crashes. And when they get out to go find out who's in it, it's empty. Bum, bum, bum. So now they're freaking out again because they thought things were better, but they're not. I mean, come on, Della, damn it. <sighs> Anywho, the next day at school, Mr. Abner tells them that, hey, I rescheduled the outdoor trip. We're going to go this weekend. 
you know, I'm sorry, I had to reschedule. And the kids are like, oh, and nobody really wants to go. But again, they have this big secret, A, that they went without their, you know, they went without adult supervision. But also while they were there, B-dubs, Della killed a man and we buried him and left him. <laughs> so, but they agree, they're all like, okay, we have to go. You know, we have to go back. We can't get out of this. So they go back. And um, as they're packing, Ricky's all like, hey, Della, do you have my other zap gun? I need it. And she's all like, oh, I lost it on the island. It must be when we I went down to go bury the dead guy in the ravine. So now they have to go back. And while they're there, they have to go find the dead guy. Damn it, Della. See, you just, you should have left well enough alone. You just should have. I mean, come on. So they go back to the island. All the kids are really nervous and Mr. Abner's all do 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 because he has no clue what's going on. He's just trying to make this fun in his dorky way. So, but they're finally able to, um, during a hike, they keep trying to sneak away. They keep trying to sneak away, but um, <laughs> they're not able to because Mr. Abner wants to go on this hike and he wants to take a group picture and he wants to start a campfire and he has all these plans and the kids are just all like, dude, back off. We've got to go check on this dead body. I mean, they don't say that, obviously, but that's what they're thinking. So finally, they're able to, Suki and Ricky stay to start building the campfire, and Mr. Abner, Maya, Pete, and Della, I guess Gary stays behind them too, and um, they go out hiking. Well, so Della and Pete sneak away, but they hear Maya screaming, so they can't get to the ravine. Well, as it turns out, somebody snuck up on Maya and and Mr. Abner and beat that poor teacher over the head, and he is knocked unconscious and bleeding profusely from the head. Damn it, Della. That's what this book should have called. The book should have been called Damn It, Della. Mm-hmm. Because it's all her fault. Yeah, I was looking at the cover. It should have been called Damn It, Della. And so, um... <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Anywho, so they they freak out, but Della's like, I have to go get the gun. I have to go, you know, I don't know why. I mean, God, just get over it. But, you know, Ricky's upset because he's like, if anybody ever finds the gun, they're going to know we're here. They're going to, know, you know, because everybody knows that I'm a prankster. Everybody knows that I have all these collection of these paint guns. So she's still hell-bent on getting this damn gun. So she has to go alone, though. <sighs> damn it, Della. See, told you. She has to go alone because they don't want to leave Maya and, Miss, and poor and conscious Mr. Abner alone. So Pete decides to stay. So she goes and it's, you know, it's, it's overcast, of course, because it's never sunny in the woods when you're going there. And it's definitely never sunny in the woods when you have a dead body. It's just the rules. I don't make them. You just have to follow them. So she goes there and she finds the ravine and she goes down there and someone starts to chase her. And of course she falls down the ravine and lands right on top of the dead body. But when she goes to get up, Bum, bum, bum. You guessed it. You already knew it was going to happen. There's no dead body. So she freaks out. But there's this now man chasing her. But it's not the dead man. It's some other guy. So she immediately puts two and two together. This is the smartest Della has been in this book. And she figures out it must be the dead guy's partner. Okay? I mean, damn it, Della. If you would have just, you know, figured this shit out earlier. Anywho. But Della doesn't think much. So anyway, so he's chasing her. She hits him over the head with a flashlight and she runs to find Pete. But as she's running to find Pete and Maya and Mr. Abner, the dead man appears. He's not really dead. And she's like, but you're dead. You were dead. I felt the pulse. Get this. He has some kind of medical thing where uh, <laughs> I shit you not, his pulse is really faint. Now, I'm sure 
I'm sure there are lots of doctors that listen to this podcast. Um, if you know what this is, chime in. That's fine. But he has something. So he has a pulse that's very faint and hard to find. He thinks this is funny. And she's like, why are you doing this to me? And he's all like, bitch, aside from the fact that you thought you killed me and left me, you know, half buried. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> he's like, when we killed this, that gardener, we didn't get any money. He's like, I saw you have those earrings. You're a little rich girl. You're preppy. So his and his partner's plan was to blackmail Della and her friends. And they were just playing with them and fucking with them, you know, uh, uh, you know, that was what the chase was and the notes. But then, of course, as they've been hiding on this island, here come the kids again. So now he's all like, but now that I got you here, well, I, you know, I'm going to take care of you. Da, 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 da. And so he goes and he shoots her and she's like, ah, I've been shot. And it makes me think of that <laughs> pitch perfect. <laughs> Where Rebel Wilson is <laughs> on the side of the road and she's like, I've been shot. But it's just they threw a burrito at her. Oh my God, that is one of my favorite parts of the movie. It is my favorite part of the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes. Anywho, she Della thinks she's been shot, but it was just, the guy just had picked up the paint gun. It was just the zap gun. But he's like, oh, that's okay. I have a real one. So he's taunting her and doing all that. And then she hears Pete. So she grabs when, and she hears Pete calling for her. And when um, it distracts the guy too. And so... She grabs the zap gun, shoots him in the eye with the paint. Um, ouch. Um, and then they run to the beach. Well, we're getting really close to the end here. And you're like, what the hell's going to happen? Who's going to murder these kids? What's going to happen to Della? I know, people. Well, they run to the beach. The police are at the beach. How they got a tip, I, I, I don't remember or it wasn't said. They got a tip that the, these two criminals were hanging out on the beach. They arrest the guy. And then the kids lead uh, them to their un his unconscious partner. And the the um the police is like, y'all know there's a reward for these. I'm like, bitch, you better not get no damn reward. After all you did, Della, shit. And she's all like, the best reward is that this is all over and behind us. Damn it, Della. So then, you know, chapter 18 comes and it's the like a one page chapter, y'all. So it's it's the aftermath. Della says that they have told the police and their parents everything. Ain't nobody find out what happens to poor Maya. Is she grounded? Who knows? Did she get sent away to military school? I don't know. Della didn't get grounded because she's planning on going out on a date with, with Pete. That's what chapter 18 is about, this little short chapter. Well, hell. So who knows? I guess these shady side parents are like, oh, kids will be kids, you know, just killing people in the woods and lying to us about it, you know, womp womp. Anywho, so Pete picks her up and she goes to get in the car and there's a tent and he's like, I thought you'd like to go camping. And she's like, oh. And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm taking it to get repaired for my brother's scout trip. Wah, 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 wah. One of those kinds of endings. So that's how it ends, y'all. It's a little bit of an underwhelming end because it was like literally action. And then, oh, I wonder if there's a sound effect for that. You like a screeching and everything was over. I mean, I know that happens. And I know Mr. Stein had to bring these to a happy end for, you know, the chillins. But it was a little meh. That's why I only got four stars for me. The ending was like, really? Come on. So if you're paying attention, though, you know that, um, wait a second, bitch, please. There are no dead people in this damn episode. So that brings us to the third book. No dead people.
So we're still at a big zero. Yeah, we got the gardener that the two men killed. And yeah, I feel bad for the gardener and his family, but he doesn't count. We don't know him. We don't, and he wasn't from Shadyside anyway. He was from probably Waynesbridge, the neighboring town that they always go to. So we're still at zero. Bummer. And I've catalyzed this, cataloged, catalyzed, categorized, that's the word I was looking for. This is like the escape mental patient slash criminal genre, because there are a couple of those too. And I know what you're thinking, though. You know what we're here for. Well, for, for, before I'm going to get that, though, I'm going to tell you, I gave it four stars. Could have got five. It was good because, you know, I love a good um, camping woods horror story. But four because it was a little cheesy toward the end and nobody died and then just ended. Goodreads gives it a 3.61. So, you know, they're falling right on trend with me. But this is what you're waiting for. So, who are the queers of this episode? And yes, that's right. She did just say queers because y'all, I couldn't decide. And I think they could be two. The obvious one is going to be Ricky is going to be the fat chubby guy begging for people's attention by being the dorky comedic foil, the asshole. Clearly he's, he's trying to dissuade them and distract them from the fact that he is closeted and gay. It's 1989 Shady Side People. Again, I don't make the rules. So Ricky is definitely gay. But also, you know what? When I was finishing this and I was going through my notes, I'm like, oh, you know what? I think Maya might also be too. Because she's babied by her parents. She's overprotected. That's the word I was looking for earlier on the podcast. It sounded like I was stumbling. I was looking for the word overprotected. Ooh, that reminds me of the Britney Stars. The Britney Stars. The Britney Spears song. Overprotected. And if you have not watched Framing Britney Spears, the... um the uh the documentary oh hashtag free britney that was a fabulous fabulous documentary highly recommend it that gets five stars i'm telling you what that shit gets five stars but i'm on a tangent again now so we're back to maya maya i think could be i think maya could be queer also if she's not a lesbian she might be bi she's definitely she's definitely immature i think she could still be finding herself maya's definitely going to experiment she might come out as i'm doing finger quotes straight, but she's definitely going to experiment because she's being so repressed and held back by her parents. It even describes her room as being like little girlish with all like lace and frills and everything. So I think it could be Maya. So what we lack for in deaths, you know, again, a big zero, this book gives us two queers. So two queers is better than no deaths, I think. So, but the next book that I will have out next week in time early is going to be Missing. <gasps> what is it about? I don't know. You're going to have to tune to find out, but somebody clearly is missing. The titles are all very good. That's another thing I want to talk about one day is um, the titles for these because Arl Stein had a specific thing he went through um, in, with the plots and the titles. So while this one should have been called Damn It, Della... It was actually called The Overnight Book 3. But next week, we're going to be talking about missing. You know, and maybe we'll actually get a dead person for once ugh, as we enter into the 90s. I don't know. But again, beggars can't be choosers. No dead people, but we got two queers. So we're going to be happy with what we're given for Mr. Stein for this four-star read, The Overnight. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm going to go get this sucker out for you on the right day. So I still stay true to Thursday publishing and I'm going to stay warm and y'all stay warm and stay happy. And you know what? Stay queer. So bye.